0: Well, we are spending some time this this summer looking at uh, some of the character qualities that God wants to develop and display uh, through each of our lives as we uh, live like Jesus uh, uh, lived, and, and part of those uh, character qualities are kind of encapsulated in that Galatians passage, Galatians five twenty two and twenty three, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self control, and and th- this morning really wanted to spend some time and focus on the the, the third of that and that is that that is uh, peace and you know that's it's one of the things that we all uh, talk about but sometimes find it hard to experience in fact as sociologists psychologists tell us that in the american psyche right now that as they kind of track these things there there are three emotions that are continuing to kind of kind of tick upwards and those are anger fear and distrust Anger, fear, and distrust seem to be those that are continuing to track upwards in kind of the American psyche as a whole and you can kind of see that can 't you I mean I mean just notice our political rhetoric. And then to tune into the newscast and you see you, you see that sense of, of, of anger, you see the, the distrust and increasingly it seems it's difficult to get anything done even in a political realm just because there's so much distrust and so much posturing along the way. And, and as we turn on the news, we see a seemingly report after report of what's going on in the world and, and uh, we see just terrorist attacks again in London and on and on and on the list goes, and it, it creates an uncertainty. It creates kind of a, a general sense of angst and anxiety, and then you, you pile on top of that just maybe things that are going on in your life as a whole, just uh, things maybe within your family or your job or, or whatever it may be, and uh, maybe your own health concerns, and, and you begin to kind of lump all of those things together, and peace sometimes seems to be the furthest things from our mind. In fact, is very often what we find as followers of Christ is that too often we allow stress to consume us instead of allowing Christ to calm us. We allow stress to consume us instead of allowing Christ to calm us. And and in fact as I just was walking alongside a a brother in Christ over the past uh, few weeks and a little little stretch there just uh, kind of a little Thing came out of left field, and it was it was interesting. Very Christian, a Christian leader in in many ways, uh, but uh, just. It just it just disoriented him, disoriented him real bad and, and and he was having trouble sleeping and, and and all of those things, and just just that reality of, of how quickly how quickly we can allow stress to consume us instead of allowing Christ to calm us and that 's exactly the opposite of what we are encouraged to do and even commanded admonished to do in scripture when Paul was uh, writing to the Colossians, he kind of lined up uh, some admonishments there and one Section of his letter, and one of those admonishments, one of those commands was, and let the peace of Christ rule... In your hearts. That, that, is, that is part of my command, a part of what I am to do as a follower of Jesus Christ, is to let the peace of Christ rule in my heart. Which raises the question exactly how do you do that? How do you do that in a world that at times seems very angry and out of control? How do you do that when something comes out of left field? How do you do that when there's uncertainty around you, maybe in multiple areas of your life? Life right now. How do you let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts? Well, that's what I really want us to spend some time just focusing on briefly this morning. I want to just uh, give you five kind of uh, handles, if you will, that hopefully will help all of us. To experience the peace of God, that that peace of Christ ruling in our hearts along the way. And I I by no means suggest there's only five things it would do, but I think when I have these five things in place, they, they move me forward powerfully in letting the peace of Christ rule in my heart. The first one is certainly the foundational one, and that is for me to accept God's pardon, to accept God's pardon. As we we, we look at Scripture and we look at our lives, what we realize is there was a relationship that we were created to have. Every one of us was designed by God originally to have a relationship with Him. To the Colossians, Paul put it this way, for by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. You and I were created by God and we were created for God. We were created for a relationship with Him, a relationship marked by love, a relationship marked by an acknowledgement of His right to to rule and reign in our lives. It's a relationship we were created to have. But the Scripture is very honest to say it is a relationship we do not have because of what we have done. It's a relationship that... While I was created for it, I don't have it because of what I have done. The prophet Isaiah captured the essence of this. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. That's my story. That's, that's your story that, that in ways large and small, active and passive, we have, we have chosen our way instead of God's way. We have turned to self-rule instead of allowing him to rule in our life. And the result of that is a brokenness in our relationship with God. Isaiah continues, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God and your Sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not. Hear. So he does not hear. So then because of what I have done, there was a relationship I was created for, but I don't have that relationship. That is not my default setting because of what I have done. That's the bad news that the Bible has. But the good news is that there is a relationship we can have because of what Jesus has done. Although my, what I have, have done has, has broken that relationship, because of what Jesus has done, that relationship can can be restored that that design can be recreated peter put it this way for christ also suffered for sins the righteous for the unrighteous that he might bring us to god being put to death in the flesh but made alive in The Spirit. That that Jesus Christ did for me what I could not do for myself. That He came and lived the life that I was called to live. He died the death He didn't deserve. He was crucified. He was dead and He was buried. He was resurrected again so that He could offer to me forgiveness, so that He could offer to me His righteousness in place of my unrighteousness. He goes on to talk to the Colossians, uh, Paul writing, and through Him, to reconcile, through Christ, to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace, making peace by the blood of His cross. That I don't have a peace with God because of what I have done. But because of what Jesus Christ has done, I can have a peace with God. I can have a peace with Christ because of the blood of his cross. While it's a relationship that I can have because of what Jesus has done, it is a relationship that we must choose. It's a relationship that we must personally choose. The Bible tells us in order to choose that, we have to turn. We have to turn. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out in order to have that relationship restored there has to be a turning in my life a a God grace enabled turning where I recognize God I've chosen my way instead of your way I've chosen to to self-rule instead of your righteous rule And, and God I turn from that I turn away from that and I turn back to you I recognize that my iniquities my choices have separated me from you now and forever so I turn in repentance and I trust I trust in the completed finished work of Jesus Christ John put it this way but to all who did receive him who believed in his name, he gave the right, he gave that right, that privilege, that capacity to become children of God, to to enter into that relationship again with God as our heavenly father. It is a relationship that we can have. Paul writing to the Romans says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace There's that word. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, why, why, Jeff, is this, why is it important? Why are you starting here? Because it's so foundational. We'll never experience the peace of God until we are at peace with God. We'll never experience that sustained peace of God in our lives until we are at peace with God. And the only way to be at peace with God is to recognize it's only been made possible because of what Jesus has done for me. And I turn from sin, I turn from self, and I trust in the completed, finished work of Jesus Christ. And then he allows me to be at peace with with god listen i'm just going to go ahead and tell you i don't know maybe some of you this is your first time here maybe you've just been here for a while i don't know but our desire our prayer for you is that you would be at peace with god that you would know the forgiveness that you would know the life that you would know the security that comes only through a relationship with jesus christ and here here is my offer to you today before you leave this room If you're not not sure where you stand with God, if you have a a question about that relationship, then before you leave this room today, I'm going to urge you, talk to somebody about it. We have a connect room in the very back of our worship space. I'm just going to encourage you at the end of the service, make your way there. There's going to be a team of folks that would be honored to sit down and talk with you a little more about what it means to enter back into that relationship with God, how you can be at peace with God god we're getting ready to start bible school you you, you've heard the music and you you heard pat talk about a little bit you've seen some of the decorations about why all of that effort why all of that energy is it because kids don't have enough to do in the summer around here are you kidding me right we got too much to do why because we know there is one message there is one hope and that's jesus christ That's the only message that's going to reconcile somebody back to the relationship they were designed for. And many of you are going to be volunteering this week. But I'm just going to ask for all of us, would you pray this week? Would you pray that this week would be a powerful week when children and families come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? Would you pray that this week would be week when some some children and maybe even their parents turn and trust in Jesus Christ? That is our hope and prayer. And that is foundational to letting the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Because if you don't have peace of God, you're, you're not, excuse me, if you don't have peace with God, you'll never experience the peace of God in your life. It begins as I accept God's pardon. But as I I accept God's pardon, then he empowers me and enables me to obey God's principles, to obey God's principles. Sometimes people miss the connection between obedience and peace. The psalmist knew that connection. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing nothing can make them stumble there there is an intimate connection between peace and obedience peace and valuing god's design and principles isaiah the prophet again thus says the lord your redeemer the holy one of israel i am the lord your god who teaches you to profit who leads you in the way you should go. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Then, then you would have experienced (laughs) peace, the peace of God. You see, we'll we'll never experience peace God's peace unless we live according to God's design if you want to experience his peace live according to God's design in fact is if you can if you can have peace and not be living according to God's design that may be an indication that something's wrong that something's actually wrong in your relationship with God because God loves you so much if you are a follower of Christ you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is going to convict you the Holy Spirit is going to disturb you the Holy Spirit is going to rattle your cage and, and keep you from having a peace of God if you're walking in disobedience to a holy God that's one of the things that the Holy Spirit does in our life in order for me as a follower Of Christ to experience the peace of God, I must live according to God's design. When I have been accepted in Him, I've accepted His pardon, and I am by His empowering grace obeying His principles, living according His design. I, I have stepped forward greatly in letting the peace of Christ rule in my life. I, I'm just convinced one of the reasons many folks don't have peace is they, they, they've never accepted God's pardon or they've accepted God's pardon they're not living according to his principles and if you don't live according to God's principles he's loves you too much to allow you to experience peace he's going to keep disturbing you until you align with his design because he knows he knows that is what's best for you accept his pardon obey his principles thirdly focus on God's presence if I want to experience that, that peace of God I I need to to make a conscious choice to focus on his presence. The psalmist said, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. And and there are some of you that that if we had time today, you you could stand up and give testimony after testimony. It's true. It's true. That there there were times when, when the storms were blowing and God was there. And I went in the midst of a mess and God was a refuge and God was my strength. Isaiah says, you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you you want to experience God's perfect peace make a decision about where you're going to fix your mind make a decision about what you're going to concentrate on because in large measure the peace that we experience or we don't experience in a situation is directly connected to what we concentrate on and you've you've known this you've known this you've known two people going through maybe exactly the same situation and one has a calm one has a peace as they walk through that and the other one just seems to be torn apart by anxiety why because the situation's different no because they're different and what they're focusing on and what they're concentrating on is different maybe it'll help you to remember it to think about it this way if we look at the world we'll be distressed we'll be distressed You know, the the, the news cycles and stuff, and it's so accessible, and headlines are designed to grab our attention, and the reality is bad news sells better than good news, and it gets more attention, and so I'm just going to encourage you, please hear me. I'm in no way advocating burying your head here, right? You need to be aware of what's going on in the world around you for sure, but for some of us, we'd be well-served to turn off talk radio sometimes, We'd be well served to, to catch the headlines and, and, and tone down the rhetoric a little bit along the way uh, because sometimes you you just get bombarded with all of those messages. And, and I don't know about you, but there have been times I've been really tuned into some of that stuff, and I've just, I felt something going on inside of me. I felt kind of that distress level starting to tick up along the way. Again, you can't ignore the reality. You've got to deal with life as it really is. But if you let your focus continually be there, you look at the world, you're going to be distressed. Some folks go the opposite way, though. They don't so much look out there, but they're forever looking in here. And if we look within all the time, if that's where our concentration and our focus is, we'll be depressed. We'll be depressed. We'll have that, that sense of, of, you know, everything's wrong and we'll examine everything and we'll focus on that. And, and then we begin to find evidence around us that confirms what we were thinking. And, and you know, I, I tell you, I walked through the lobby. I walked through the lobby this morning. They didn't even say anything to me. I mean, You know, I thought, I thought, right? Yeah, I've been thinking that they have the, you know, or, or, you know, this this is going on at work. And, man, I, you know, I think I've been left out of the loop on that. I'm just, you know, somebody's out to get me and all, you know, and and all the, we start churning on all of these things internally. If we look within, we will be depressed. Hey, be aware of what's going on out there. Be aware of what's going on in here, but don't let your focus be there. Instead, when we look at Christ, we are at rest. Look at the world, I get distressed. If my focus is always inside, I get depressed. But when I concentrate on Christ, when I concentrate on his presence, I find myself increasingly at rest along the way. I love the way that J. Oswald Sanders put it. Peace is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of of God but the presence of God it's not about let let me just let me get to that point in life where I don't have any more troubles it's never gonna happen oh God help me to move beyond just focusing on my problems help me to just move beyond focusing on my feelings to focusing on your presence that God is here he is my refuge and he is my strength He is an ever-present help in the midst of my troubles. When my mind is steadfast on him, he guards me in his perfect peace. I focus on his presence. And as I continue to build on that platform of accepting his pardon and obeying his principles and focusing on his presence, I trust in God's purposes. I trust in God's purposes. When I find myself... Trusting. Not only is God present, but He knows what He's doing. He's in control. He is working out His purposes in the midst of that. Many of you have found such incredible strength and encouragement through Romans 8 28. And we know. Paul didn't say we hope or we wish. He said, we know, it is a certainty, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. It didn't say that everything is good or everything is pleasant. No, it says that God has a purpose that's greater than your problem, that God has something that he is doing even in the midst of the storm. We know that God is causing all of those things to to work together for good. When Jesus was trying to prepare his followers for the storm that was coming, for for the reality of his arrest and his crucifixion and his burial, for for the persecution that they would be facing as his followers along the way, he, he spoke into their lives words of peace to know God had a purpose. Peace, I leave with you. My peace, Jesus said, I give you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. They were going to face trouble. But he said, you can have peace. I'm going to give you a peace. I'm going to give you a peace that the world can't give you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be gripped by fear. Know my peace. Later on in John's gospel, he continued to record the teachings of Jesus around this theme. I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. Mark it down. It is going to be absolutely true. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the uncertainty, in the midst of the trouble, I can know peace, a peace that the world does not understand because I know God is not only present, but God has a purpose, that God is causing all things to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Listen, peace is not the absence of trouble. It's not a trouble-free life. Peace is a sense of calm in the midst of the storms of life. That's authentic biblical peace. Not a storm-free life, but a calm, a peace in the midst of the storms of life. Uh, Whenever I think about the the teaching on peace of the scripture, I think about a a story I heard. It's a story of a king. A king who commissioned artist. He said, I, I, want, I want a picture. I want a picture painted of peace. And there, there were hundreds of submissions, and they, they kind of scrolled through them, and, and the king got it down to two pictures, two pictures that, that represented peace, and one was going to win the, the, the contest. One was, well, was of these majestic mountains, you know, beautiful. Right below it was this, this lake. I mean, it was just perfect calm. The skies were picture-perfect blue, just a couple of those white, fluffy clouds. I mean, just looking at the picture kind of made you go, wow, you know, it just, just gave you that sense of, of peace. But then there was a the second picture, and it had mountains in it too. But these mountains weren't majestic. They were rough and ragged-looking. Instead of a blue sky, there were stormy clouds, and actually the artist had even, even put a, a shade of, of lightning across the way. Instead of a calm lake, there was this waterfall that was kind of raging and foaming there at the bottom. And, and at first glance, it looked like anything except a peaceful scene, right? And then as the king looked at the picture, he saw there underneath the waterfall, the artist had put a tree branch And on that tree branch, a bird's nest and a little mother bird sitting on the nest over her young. There in the midst of the raging waters, the rugged mountains and the stormy skies. You know what picture the king picked for the winter? The second one. Because he said he recognized that that peace let me just give you those words peace does not mean to be in a place where there's no noise trouble or hard work peace means to be in the midst of all of those things and still be calm in your heart that is the real meaning of peace sometimes we fall into the trap of 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 feeling like if, if once i get through this problem once I get through this storm, once, once this situation changes, once I get a new job, or, or once the kids reach a certain age, or, or whatever it is, then, then I'll have some peace. I got bad news for you. There's another storm on the horizon, right? There's another thing that's not going to go according to plan. There's something else that's, that's going to come out of left field and surprise you along the way. Peace is not a trouble-free life. It's a sense of calm in the midst of the storms of life. You let the peace of Christ rule in your heart when you accept God's pardon, when you obey God's principles. When you, when you understand and trust in his promises and you focus on his presence. But there's one, one other thing I'll give you this morning that will help move you forward in this letting Christ's peace rule in your heart, and that is to talk to God in prayer. To talk to God in prayer. I had read uh, about a, a stress management seminar, and, and one of the pieces of advice that was given in that setting was that, that you should talk to your pets, that it's it's helpful to talk to your pets. And I, I'm not against that. Many of you are, are pet owners, and some of you are passionate pet lovers, and, and you talk to your pets, right? And I know, I, in fact, is some of us talk ridiculously to our pets, right? Oh, you're just joking. Oh, you do not. You know? Sometimes I'm thinking of the dogs just saying, just give me a treat, right? Just give me a treat. What the baby talk, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. It is okay. Talk to your pet. In fact is, I know some of you even think your pet talks back to you, right? I get that. I'm not against that. If it helps, just talk away. But I'm going to tell you there's somebody else you can talk to that will be even much more profitable. And that is to talk to your heavenly father. To talk to God. Paul just kind of laid it out very succinctly to the Philippians. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, yes, that mess, yes, that storm, yes, that anxiety, yes, that uncertainty, yes, that hard season you're walking through, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard, will set sentinel over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Sometimes prayer is the last thing we do. We, we complain, we whine, we, we, we tell other people our problems, we, 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 we talk about how life is unfair. And then we finally turn to prayer. But notice the order. First there's prayer, then there's peace. First I... Come to him in everything and with with thanksgiving and I I pour out my heart I let my requests be made known to him. Peter said casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you And when I engage in that kind of prayer when I come in that kind of prayer and I'm focusing on God's presence And I'm trusting in God's purposes and I'm I'm just crying out to him God God help me to help me to learn Lord. Is there anything in the midst of this storm? Is this storm showing me anything where I've been disobedient? Obedient to you where I'm not aligned with your design and your principles God help me to repent and help me to walk in them again father help me right now to focus on your presence you are my refuge and strength an ever-present help in the midst of the troubles of my life God help me help me to understand that you're at work even if I don't recognize it right right now you're at work causing all these things to work together for good to those who love you and are called according to your purpose God I need your wisdom God I need your strength today God I ask you to move in their life God I ask you to do what I can't do and you just you pour out your heart and when you come before him with that thanksgiving with that with that release with that trust then you experience the peace of God which surpasses all understanding I like the way Bob Russell put it he said I really believe the most important step in developing inner peace is to quit complaining and start praising him Just quit complaining. Listen, we live in a world where everybody has a complaint, right? Everybody's offended about something. Everybody's upset about something. Life is unfair. All of these things. How transformational it is when we say, you know, I'm going to quit complaining and start praising. I'm going to quit talking to everybody else first. Now, there's a time to talk to other people, and there's a time to raise legitimate issues, absolutely. But I'm going to start by talking to my Heavenly Father. And when I do, when I do, I find it changes the way that I face situations. It changes the way that I talk to other people. First prayer, then peace. Maybe the easiest way to sum up what I've been trying to communicate this morning is in that simple phrase. No God, no peace. But when you know God, then you can really know peace. When when you haven't accepted his pardon, when you are rebelling against his principles, you're not going to have any peace. When when you don't focus on his presence or trust in his purposes, when you're not talking to him in prayer, you're not going to have any peace. But when you know him, when you know what it means to be a child of God, when you know what it means to walk in the freedom of obedience, when you know what it is to, to trust and acknowledge His presence and His purposes, when you know how to have a conversation with your Heavenly Father, then you know peace. As I was preparing to, for this message, I uh, came across some writings of Henry Cloud, and Henry was talking about his father. He was talking about a transformation in his father. And and the story was just, it's like, wow, this is exactly, exactly what I've been trying to communicate this morning. So let me share with you some of Henry's words about his dad. If you knew my father and were asked to describe him, you'd probably use words that are all close to the word happy. I have heard him remembered most often as jolly and joyful, always laughing and making jokes. It was just the way he was. But as he told me, he wasn't always that way. He told me he made an intentional decision in his early 40s that got rid of the stress, worry, and strain that almost killed him. He had started his own company. It had grown to a size that was, at the time, getting the best of him. Expanding into new lines of business, managing a labor force, and running all the operations were becoming increasingly stressful. He was maxed out, and at that point, he had not learned positive stress management practices. Two of the biggest stressors of all were an extra 80 pounds and what he called constant worry. He and my mother were in a movie theater one afternoon when he collapsed. Unconscious and unable to respond or move, he was rushed to the hospital, where they began to run tests on him. The conclusion was that his heart was in severe trouble. And they told him he could have as little as six months to live. Go home and get your affairs in order, was all that they said. At that point, he decided to go to a large teaching hospital in New Orleans, about 200 miles away, to see if he could get a better diagnosis. What they told him was that he had a complete physical breakdown due to stress, weight, blood pressure, and other factors, but his heart was fine. Their advice was a little different from go home and die. Theirs was something like go home and start enjoying life. In other words, he was working too hard and was too stressed. If he did not change, it would kill him they told him to reduce the stress and get a hobby as it turns out that was the advice that would lead to his full recovery losing 80 pounds finding a new hobby that he dearly loved living for another 50 plus happy years and i would add being a great father the question is how did he do it what he told me was that he figured out that it was all too big for him and that he was worrying himself to death literally so he began a new intentional practice Every day, he told me, when the workday was over, he would say to God, I'll turn it all over to you, God. It's all your problem now. I'll pick it up again tomorrow. Until then, it's in your hands. Then he would go home and obey his decision not to worry, but to trust God. He would go home, sit in his favorite chair, pray, and read his Bible for half an hour or so. This practice would reinforce God's promises and help him to experience God's comfort and peace. And as he would say, take all of that worry and stress away. Then guided by his faith, he also began to put into practice other disciplines. All of them were grounded in his steadfast love and trust in his heavenly father. I can remember at various times growing up when there was some dilemma and his saying to me, I don't know how it will turn out or what to do. I just know that God does, God does. When you know God, you really can know peace. You can allow the peace of God to rule in your heart, in your life. That's the fruit that God wants to develop and display in all of our lives. It begins when I accept his pardon, It continues as I obey his principles. I focus on his presence and trust in his purposes. And I learn how to talk to my heavenly father. And in all those things, the peace of Christ that surpasses all understanding guards my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray, please? Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you for a peace that is beyond comprehension, that's beyond understanding, that's beyond anything the world could could explain or understand. And Father, I, I just I pray today, Lord, I pray right now, just even in this room, knowing that there there may be some folks here today that, uh, Lord, that they they, they've, they they don't know a peace because they don't have peace with you. And Lord, I pray that today would be the day that they would accept your pardon. Today would be the day that they come back to the relationship you created and designed them for. Let today, Father, be the day when they have peace with God through receiving Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Father, I pray this week during this Bible school that there would be children who would come to know the pardon of God, the peace of God through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Lord, let this be a pivotal week in the lives of children and families as they come to a saving knowledge of jesus christ father i I pray for many of us in this room right now who who know the name of christ jesus and lord i I pray i pray lord that you would teach us teach us how to let the peace of christ rule in our hearts father I, i pray today lord that you'd speak to us about what steps we can take what steps we can take to adjust our life to be more aligned With that which brings peace is beyond all comprehension. Lord, you know, you know where every one of us is this morning. You know the storms. You know the uncertainties. You know the frustrations. You know the fears. Lord, would you just meet us in the midst of those right now? Would you help us to turn our eyes towards you? As you just continue to sit before the Lord...